0: Hey, everyone. It's Tom Kradza. And on this episode of the Your Life, Your Terms show, Nick and I sit down with our accountant, Andrew Topping. And we crunched some numbers. He was here, by the way, to do a class for Rockstar Inner Circle members. And because he was here, we thought we would just sit down. We love talking to him. We always learn something from Andrew. So we just thought we'd have an open discussion on things that are on our mind. So we got into the economy. We got into the current talk of eight interest rate increases by the Bank of Canada over the next two years. It was a headline in the Financial Post quoting some Scotiabank economists that thought that this might be the case. So we kind of get into it and we just crunch some numbers really quick. And on this episode, we go through it. Like, can this actually happen? What would this look like? So we just kind of had a group chat about all that stuff. Then we get into different corporate structures here in Canada, how to use them for your business, how to use them for tax efficiencies. We get into some of the different tax rates here in Canada and what we should all be aware of. So it was just an open discussion of things on, on a broader level in the economy. And then on a personal level, how you can manage your taxes and what corporate structures to use. If you are going to incorporate why you would and why you wouldn't. Great chat with Andrew. And if you are listening to this and you want some of this information and you are not yet subscribed to our YouTube channel, what are you doing? We did a, a, a recent Rockstar Minutes episode where we get into all this stuff as well and it's on our YouTube channel which is at youtube.com forward slash rockstar inner circle that's youtube.com forward slash rockstar inner circle if you hit the big fat red subscribe button there you will be subscribed to our channel and you'll get access to different videos they'll pop up in your feed somewhere when you hit youtube so if you go to youtube.com forward slash rockstar inner circle you'll see our YouTube channel where we get into this stuff. And on this particular latest one that we shared, we show some of the charts and some of the data that we were looking at in this podcast with Andrew. That's it for this intro. Let's get on with the show.
1: Are you ready to live life on your
2: terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life your Term Show, with Tom and Nick Carrazza. Are you ready? Let's go.
0: We are live with Andrew Topping, our our accountant, and Nicholas Carazza. And yeah, we were just saying that uh, I um, don't watch... It's
1: Nicholas Alexander to N- you, Nicholas please. Alexander
0: Carazza. I just turned off his mic, Andrew, so he's done. <laughs> well, that's he's easy. done. Okay. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just us. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't really watch podcasts on video either oh, okay right. i just do audio yeah the odd time like if there's a joe rogan clip from you know joe rogan's a podcast i like that uh if there's clips i might catch a quick clip like a three-minute clip or something you mean YouTube. if someone
1: posts on, online somewhere or yeah, you, go, you go you go look, a, look no, for no he
0: has a youtube uh channel called jre clips mm-hmm. where they clip yeah i've it. seen that yeah. and uh yeah i guess i'm subscribed and those kind of come up oh, okay so i'll watch that but i don't but I find that the younger generation is watching it. Like I know my son will watch a full podcast on video.
2: Oh, really? Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, I normally just like when I'm out exercising or walking or something. That's normally when I listen to them. So, yeah, yeah.
1: Be- because I listen to them at one 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 point two five to one and a half times. I think most times when it's just audio on a podcast is one and a half. If I watch any YouTube videos, they're they're one point two five. Even like not not podcasts, other things. If I watch the the, the slow clips. It it seems so slow to me. It's, it's strange, you know, like because I'm just because you're used to listening
0: it. to it at super speed.
1: I'm listening to it faster. I don't like I, listening like to it at
0: super speed because I feel like I learn from people the inflection in their voice, the speed at which they're saying certain words. Like I, there's non nonverbal, but those are all verbal. That doesn't make sense. There are some cues in the way people are speaking that I feel enhances my understanding of their intent yeah
1: but if you do it at 1.25 those are still all there 1.5 not 1. so much no. 1.25 to me still at
0: 1.25 that's like three for yeah a but you're
1: normally you're you're yeah. 1.5 compared to the average person yeah
0: exactly so you have to listen to me in normal speed i see
1: i try to get through your stuff as quickly as possible
2: i try to delete your stuff <laughs> can you tell that you guys are brothers
1: no, that was good i don't usually his jokes are usually bad that was actually a good joke
0: you don't have to tell me i'm funny for me to understand i'm funny i mean i get it i'm not arguing yeah <laughs> poor Andrew. he's <laughs> not arguing he, mean, he doesn't
1: think you're funny he knows that you're not funny and then you just laugh at your own jokes what he meant uh,
0: no andrew's laughing because i'm hilarious okay um, you know, something that I'm not, you know, that isn't funny is our federal uh, number. So Andrew, you're an accountant. We should tell everybody that you're an accountant. I am. So this is, this is my dream come true because I just ran some numbers. Are you guys ready for this? Cause we went through it a little bit, but I want to get Andrew's <laughs> shock and awe here. Our federal government revenues the, you know, the latest data I can pull are $334 billion a year. That's how much as a country we take in in tax revenues and God knows what else this country is doing to earn its $334 billion. (laughs) Okay. But that's what we're, that's what we're uh, pulling in. The interest payments that we pay on our federal debt is, or federal interest payments on our debt and the reason I'm hesitating is I think it's on our combined federal and provincial debt, but the federal interest payments on debt are $20 billion. And that's from where? That's that like is, that.
1: They outlined that in some government website. That, that's where they disclose it. No, it's that, really right?
0: hard to pull. No, I got that from the Fraser Institute. It has a bunch of reports where they okay. go digging through the data and get that. The, our federal debt, and this you can kind of, you know, pull, but this is federal debt. Not, yeah. And I, the reason I'm hesitating again is because our government sometimes reports it as net debt, because what they'll do is they'll take CPP in the Quebec pension plan mm-hmm. and say, oh, well, the equities that have been purchased in those pension plans, because our pension plans were so uh, behind schedule in the late 90s, Chrétien and Paul Martin Um, decided that the the pension plans could invest in equities and not just buying bonds. Mm -hmm. And then they can count that as an asset that we own as a country and they'll deduct it and start debt. So instead of saying (laughs) 2.1...
1: I'm glad you you laughed when you said that because when we found out about that, we were laughing too. We were laughing
0: too. We're like, we're not accountants, but like that's not your money. Like how are you saying because then instead of reporting two point one trillion dollars in debt, we'll report something like nine hundred billion because they'll say, Well, the pension plan has like this much. It's like and, and it has like a four hundred billion or whatever. And then a couple other things they deduct as well, and they're like, Well, our net debt is only forty percent of GDP. And I'm like, whoa, time out, time out. Like you don't that's not stuff you
2: own. That's it is not, until they pay it to you, I guess. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess. And yeah. other countries don't <laughs>
1: yeah. report it like that. That's why on some charts, we'll look, our, our numbers, our debt to GDP numbers, yeah, well, look better than in they the really US, are. Yeah.
0: They just yeah. buy bonds. So they don't, they're not in the stock mm-hmm. market with their social security as far as I know. So they don't do it that way because they're just like the debt cancels, it cancels out, right? Like you issue debt, the, the pension funds or social security or whatever whoever's buying it, buys it. It's kind of like a wash. But here they say, oh, well, you now own an equity and we're going to count that differently. Anyway, so our federal <laughs> debt is 2.1 trillion. Our federal GDP is about 2 trillion. So we have more debt than we have annual GDP. But here's where I'm, I get really interested in things is that if our federal interest payments on our debt are $20 billion a year, And our annual deficit in a non-pandemic year is about twenty billion dollars. Like it's always going to change because sometimes it'll be forecasted to zero. And you know, last year with the pandemic, it was like three hundred (laughs) and forty billion, whatever. Yeah, it was really big last year. It was really it was three hundred and forty yeah billion. But I think it was supposed to be about twenty billion or so. That was the forecast before the pandemic hit, right? It was twenty billion. I think then someone said it was going to go. It went to thirty four. Nick, I don't know if you remember. It hit thirty four. I think something like that. And then it went to like three hundred and forty, but on an uh, on a typical year, let's just say we run a twenty billion dollar deficit annual deficit. That's how much money we are short if we are going to pay for everything we want to pay for. When you take up all our tax revenues and then take all the things that we're going to pay for, we're going to be short some amount. That's called our annual deficit, Mm -hmm. and it's twenty billion dollars in the example that I'm using, which was like two years ago. Yeah. Okay.
1: Twenty one point seven seven. Is that what it is? Well, we just looked it up. Okay.
0: And then if Interest on our federal debt of $2 trillion at 1%, that equals about $20 Mm -hmm. So it looks like we're paying about 1% across all the durations and whatever our debt, however our debt is denominated. And I don't know if it's five-year, 10-year bonds, whatever it's all doing. It looks like we're paying on average about 1%. Yeah. I'm grossly generalizing here, <laughs> but I mean, this is just simple math. When I look at it, I'm like, we, we if we have a debt of $2.1 trillion and we're paying $20 billion a year in interest payments, that means it's 1%. So then when I see headlines where the Bank of uh, Nova Scotia, I think, came out or somebody came out and said, we're going to raise or we expect interest rates to go up by the Canadian government eight times over the next two years. And yeah. in the last two weeks, that's all I've heard. And everyone's walking around saying, well... You know, Tom, Nick, interest rates are going to go up. Interest rates are going up. <laughs> Eight times. Eight times. Yeah, yeah and I hear if, the same thing. Okay, so then now if I just break out some basic math here and I say if we're paying $20 billion in interest payments now at 1% is the interest rate that we're, we're doing that at. If, if, if rates were just to go up 1%, we would double <laughs> the amount that we're paying in interest only on our debt.
2: Yeah, that's crazy.
0: <laughs> it's crazy, no? And it not only would we double it, we would double our annual deficits because if our annual deficit in this country is about twenty billion in a non-pandemic year, and then our interest payments go up, we would take an annual deficit from twenty billion to forty billion.
2: Assuming there's no change in revenues and everything. Assuming, else. yeah, you. like
0: I'm, I'm assume, yeah. And then if you were to go, if you were to go all the way up to four percent, if you were up to go to one percent to four percent. Instead of the $20 which is about 7% of our total uh, revenues, that's how much it's eating of our total uh, revenues, the $20 billion in interest payments, it would go up to 28%. Interest payments would go up to 28% of all our revenues, assuming the economy did not shrink
2: because you raised interest rates. Yeah, which I'm sure it would. This is why
0: I feel like it's just math. And I feel like (laughs) this took me all of 10 minutes to dig up. (laughs) And, I, and when I look around, when people are like, they just look at me with a straight face and say, well, Tom, like interest rates are going up. The real estate market is probably coming down. And we can ar- argue that separately. But, but it, when people just say, yeah, interest rates are going up, I always look at them like, I don't even think that's, a, it's, it's mathematically not yeah. even possible.
2: And I agree with you. I, I don't see how interest rates could possibly go up. But at the same time, it's, it's everywhere. Everybody's talking about it. It's in all the news. Uh, interest rates are going up. Interest rates are going up. How, that, how? That, but you know what that is? So had, you it, feel equally shocked by that? I feel equally shocked that, that this, by the statement that interest rates would go up.
1: The same thing happened in, I guess, what, 2000? I think it was 2010 when we were called by a few mortgage brokers we know. we are like, guys, look, rates are going up. Like, they're really going up. You need to lock in. Like, I would really highly advise you locking in your yeah. rates. And we kind of looked at it, in, in, not in these numbers, but in different numbers. And we're like, uh, I don't get it. Like, I don't think so. Because how are they going to do that? Right, And, and it's, the, it's the same thing. Tom, I, I want to go back to your numbers for a second because I think, I bet the numbers that you got here are actually slightly lower um, because of the recent spike in deficit that we had because of COVID. So we know it went up to 300 and what was it? 330, 340 billion 40 last billion, year? yeah. So 340 billion. Based on the numbers you got, they might that might not no, have not been even included be in because yet. it's so recent. Mm-hmm. So it's actually, those might be on the low end of things.
0: And I could just see the headline now our annual deficit comes down by 80% yeah. because it was so high for the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. So there's going to be these beautiful headlines and everything's going to look in order because it'll say interest rates are going up. So, you know, we're calming the real estate market and our, and our deficits are down like 90% year over year. Like think of those beautiful headlines. You would, if you just got dropped here from outer space and you read that headline, you'd be, you would immediately think, well, these guys have it in order. Like this makes logical sense. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> nothing is in order and it's purely chaos.
2: I don't think if you drop down here from outer space that that would be your first thought.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: that's a good point. <laughs> but didn't you, I mean, Andrew said, you said that part of that deficit, because uh, what was it, in the, the wage subsidy plan, there was $96 billion, is that
2: right? Yeah, so, in, in so I think since the beginning of the pandemic, based on the most recent information, there was $95 billion that had been paid out in wage subsidy to however many. I think they said $5.3 million businesses.
1: So 96 billion. So one, almost one third of what the deficit was, was paged paid out in, in wage subsidy. And a lot of that, knowing what we all know now, a lot of that just went to businesses and there wasn't a lot of throughput into Employees' pockets that was different than would have been anyways. That's right, right. Yeah,
2: yeah. So it didn't it didn't spread out. I don't think the way that they expected it to. <laughs> Surprise! And that's, I mean, they, they were
0: wrong. Their, their forecasts were wrong. <laughs> Man, the government didn't it didn't figure something out. <laughs> Andrew, come there, on.
2: There was a lot of changes for sure. Uh, I, I mean, but that that's just one program. I, I can't. I don't even know how many there was, but there was probably a dozen. That's just one of them. Now, wage subsidy was the biggest by far, but. You know, with SIBA, although Siba's a loan, so it is repayable, assuming that people actually repay. But for every person <laughs> yeah, that took SIBA, well,
1: two yeah. thirds of it is repayable, though, right?
2: Depending on which one you got. Yeah. So if you got 40, 10s repayable. If you got, or sorry, if you got 40, 30s repayable. If you got 60, 40s repayable. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so the, uh, the pieces that aren't, depending on how many people got it, there's still a good chunk there. And then all the other subsidies that were out there, the rent subsidy, I think there was about $7 billion paid out in that. Um, that was the,
0: a commercial rent
2: subsidy? That was the, yeah, the commercial, okay. yeah, not the, okay. yeah, not the residential. Um, and then CERB, I have no idea how much. I haven't seen the stats on how much was actually paid oh, out for the- it, Is big. CERB over? over? CERB was over. in was over in the summer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And C, I mean, CIB is over as well. You can't borrow um, any more on that. So, and technically wage subsidy is done. The rent subsidy is done. They've changed those programs now so that they're focused on specific companies rather than sort of being available to everybody.
1: If, if we if we circle back to the interest rate thing for a second, because you guys are talking about interest, interest rates not going up, but they're going up this week. So some people are going to listen to this, and they're going to be like, "Well, guys, you say interest rates, rates can't up. go up, but they're going up. Mm-hmm. Like they literally went up. I think it was yesterday. Today, some banks mm-hmm. have announced interest rate increases. Yeah, fixed for rate fixed at two point seven nine right now, right?
0: which is still low. But this is where I also that's for
1: an investment mortgage for a, for a principal residence actually lowered, I believe. Yeah, yeah I think mm-hmm. right your your yeah, I'm mid not sure. your mid twos.
0: Yeah, was that what it was? Let me just check.
1: You, you, can, you can look at I think I think that's the case, but I, I could be wrong. But either way, that's what some people are going to think. And it really kind yeah, of... Yeah,
0: insured. Sorry, insured 2.59. So if insured, you insured okay. 2.59. Yeah, so less than 20% down insured or 20%. Sometimes it's still insured by a mortgage insurer, 2.59. You're mm-hmm. right. But rates are still... But you're right. But But then when I see that, that's because the bond market is freaking out because the Bank of Canada has stopped buying Canadian bonds, Mm -hmm. which that statement alone is completely ridiculous because (laughs) that means we're just printing money. (laughs) Think about what that is. Like, think about how funny that is for a second. It's like the government is out of money, so we need to issue some bonds to get some money. Nobody is buying these bonds, so we'll just tap the Bank of Canada to create money Mm -hmm. to buy our own bonds. (laughs) And then we're gonna say, okay, we're gonna stop doing that And then the bond market reacts by rates going higher because there's less demand for our debt. So the bond market freaks out a little bit. Rates go up to try to attract interest into our bond market. So rates aren't going up for a good reason. Rates in the fixed rate world are going up because nobody wants Canada's debt. There's no demand out there for it at the previous interest rate that was being paid at the previous yield. So now rates are drifting higher to attract interest into our debt. So it's, that's not like a positive thing.
1: No, I know. But I think that's what gets lost in the conversation. So when it's reported in the media with a headline and three paragraphs saying, just explaining what the, what the change is, that's what gets lost in the conversation. That conversation isn't being had. People just look at it as being rates are going up. That, that's it. That's all they know. And then
0: on top of that... Sorry, Andrew's the guest here, and we're not even yeah. allowing him to speak here. But but on, on top of this, on top of this, if if the Bank of Canada then raises overnight lending rates a little bit, it's such a beautiful story they can spin for at least six sure. months because then fixed rates went up because the bond market's kind of wonky, and then if they raise variable uh, the yeah, overnight a lending point. a quarter point and they say we're going to raise them again in May, you now have a media narrative which can go along the lines of well, yep. Rates are going up everyone and then there's us over here looking at some basic math going <laughs> I don't think rates are going anywhere yeah. we're calling and I, I honestly feel like going to the Parliament I think I'm going to go to Ottawa and I'm going to go by that, what is it, a fire, the ever burning fire? I'm going to stand there and I'm going to say, hey, I'm calling your bluff. I don't know. When and, you, you know, said Otto, pull,
1: Ottawa I, and fire, I was like, maybe we shouldn't
0: be talking no, about no, this publicly. But, but now I know it's talking burns, about. Yeah, thing. Yeah, They're yeah. like a, an ever burning flame. Think the yeah. eternal flame. I think.
1: They might turn it off, though, because it's probably not good for the environment. And with all this this no, greenhouse, all no, the environment ever burning.
0: Flame, and I like Andrew Craig. Yeah, it's not, for sure, it's not called the ever burning flame. <laughs> It's called the eternal flame. It could be. be. (laughs) It's the same thing. Listen, I'm going to find the goddamn eternal burning (laughs) flame. or whatever it is and i'm gonna have my wonky piece of paper here and i say hey i did some math in five minutes i don't think you guys are gonna raise rates call my bluff or what's that youtube video where somebody says like i think the leafs suck prove me wrong and that you know and they sit outside a college campus or i think you know whatever some statement proved me wrong i should just go stay so we should take a trip we Let's should go it. in front of the parliament yeah, andrew yeah. sorry you have to come i, I don't want to <laughs> 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 you have to go. we won't even we let him account. talk here you he... know why we can't. we need an account because we did our math wrong we'll just point at you we're like i don't know well he told us the math <laughs> <laughs> okay then i'm gonna actually do the math <laughs> yeah yeah you're not gonna trust the scribbles on this piece of paper but just so you know the scribbles on this piece of paper came from the canadian government's website yeah and, and,
2: and as nick said i bet you that those numbers are out of date yeah so yeah, i yeah. i suspect the picture is actually way worse than that
0: yeah. Oh my God, Andrew, you have to come with us. We, Nick, we got to do this. Just think about that. We do a live YouTube stream just from sitting out there waiting to talk to Justin Trudeau about these numbers. He told everyone during the election he didn't care about monetary policy. Remember when he said, excuse me, I'm oh, not going to talk it. about yeah. monetary policy. but And, and in, in defense of... I know he
1: said, I don't worry about that. And I was kind of mm-hmm. like... Kind Listen, of feels like, yeah, It kind of feels like it's something of importance you should think about.
0: <laughs> Listen, in defense of Justin Trudeau, can we believe I just said that? In defense of Justin whatever Trudeau. Oh, Trudeau. I, I, what, thought it, I thought it was just going to be silence. After what, <laughs> yeah,
1: whatever you come out with next, I'm not listening to you. So. No, but
0: any prime minister, they're all doing the same madness. Like what's changed really with the way they spend money. It's just all, all of them just spend. But um Anyway, so uh, I feel like I, I feel like I need to say prove me wrong on that one, but um, so- I
2: I agree. I mean, and not to mention all of the fallout that would follow an interest rate, any significant interest rate increase. I mean, with all of the real estate that has been purchased in the last, even in the last eighteen months, that I'm quite certain a lot of people are stretched over what they should be. So if you start seeing, I mean, if interest rates in whatever, in 12 months went to 4%. Can you imagine the number of people that would default on debt? It would be Can crazy. you imagine
0: the five-year renewals that would be coming up due to go back to a fixed rate? And they've been, let's say they've been at, you know, if you renewed four years ago, you're probably not at, at 2%, but you're probably at like 3-something. And then if you come up and it's like 4.8, 5.1, something yeah, cause like I that. Yeah, because I
2: think I renewed, what, three years ago, and I think mine's like 3.8 five that sounds about right so imagine
0: getting a point or two points on top of that and it's like 5.2 percent on your renewal but that not only that it's also at the federal level what happens to all our debt that's constantly renewing and maturing Mm -hmm. that has to be rolled over because you know we're not paying our debt like it's not (laughs) like it's not like when our debt and our bonds come due we're like hey you know what we're just gonna cancel that debt because we saved up some money here in the back we got, I got a secret room in the back. Savings? Right. Yeah. I, I about. saved up some money and those bonds are due from Canada. Oh my gosh. We're just going to pay you that from our savings. Yeah. yeah. No, they got to roll the debt. So they even need, they either need another buyer or they need to print money. And if the other buyer isn't there, the bond market rates are going to go up further.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I mean. Or they sell their, their assets
0: because
1: they just keep selling off assets too. Right. What, what do, do we have left?
0: Thing? The LCBO. Well, that's Ontario. <laughs>
1: that's, the only thing. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's that's the Ontario. And they range were going to sell that off too. I'm like, that's the only thing that makes you money. Why are you going to sell that? Like you didn't learn from the 407 at this point, yeah. you know? So, but, but no, but they sell off land. They sell off other assets and that's how they kind of cook their books. So i be like, oh, you know what? It's actually not so bad after all. But then no one really looks at all the, the kind of assets that they've sold off to other people.
0: What comes to mind then, Andrew, on the consumer or individual side that might hit individuals if rates go up? It would be like consumer debt so any like individual loans that you've been taking out rates would go higher mortgages, mortgages for, sure. for sure I guess everything like rates for leases and car financing would go up
1: loans don't don't loans don't adjust right do they adjust are they based off prime line of credits do line of
0: credits so yeah, that, sorry I just meant a new loan oh, Okay, yeah, yeah, or yeah, a sure. loan that you're going to have to roll over into a new loan might be at a higher rate if you had an existing loan that you're going to push yeah. forward yeah I mean I think
2: everything's going to get passed down so you know if it if the lenders or if the you know the, the car dealerships if they end up having to pay more they're just going to pass that along right there was there was talk uh of the of that lux- luxury tax they were going to add a luxury tax um oh on like 10 or 20 percent on cars over 100 or planes or boats
0: that's right i forgot about now, that. now
2: whether they're going to move forward with that or not i don't know but there was talk about that i mean that's just going to get passed down to the to, to the end consumer so everything's going to cost more Outside of the interest. And it interest has
0: to be, I guess, because this is where if those costs aren't passed down to the consumer, then businesses, the uh, you know, the margin that people are making in their business just evaporates. That's right. Because if you're, if you have a 10% new tax and your net margin on that product was 10 I don't know, whatever you're making, you would know better than me on some of this stuff, Andrew, but if your margin was like 10 or 15% or whatever it was at the end of the day, and you're giving up 10% of that. You have to pass that on to the consumer, otherwise your business is just a volunteer work and you're not making any money. (laughs) That's right. So if the business eats those increases, the stock market's screwed because all the earnings for these businesses across the board look like shit. Then if you pass it to the consumer, the consumer is faced with higher inflation, which makes everything unaffordable and screws up the economy, dries up hard assets, and everything looks like shit there. You just ruined
2: the whole world, Tom. No, but I mean,
0: this is like, I, I'm a positive person. No, the thing is, I'm a totally positive person, I swear. I just don't like it when things don't make logical sense. I can't rectify, I can't like, in my brain, I can't balance it. So I'm like, this this is, doesn't seem like a sustainable path.
2: I, I agree. And, and I mean, where interest rates go, I, I, I honestly, I, I don't know. Because I can't see them going up, but I can't see them staying the same either. And with the current deficit... And that's only going to get worse. Where's that money going to come from to, to start paying that down? And so, I mean, all of that is going to impact the end user, consumer, individual, or business owner being us.
1: I think it's nice that you think that there's thoughts of paying it down. Yeah. That was nice. <laughs> that's, 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 a a nice a, that's a nice that, thought. That's a fair point.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I,
1: I, there's no talk of it since when's the last time they paid it down? Was it the 90s? I think they were paying some of their debt Can down. Can you
0: imagine a politician came out and said, you know what? I'm going to save some of our money. Yeah, That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to save. I promise to save 5% of all the money that comes into our government. In for Canada a rainy day. For our future. Yeah. And everybody would be like, boo. <laughs> <laughs> and to do that, here's what we can't have because yeah. of it. We will have to cancel these programs here. And everyone's like, no. But okay, thing, let me but take that back. But the thing
2: is, is you know, based, on, based on the numbers that we just went through, how do you not pay it down? To some extent, if interest rates are going <laughs> Go. up and the deficit is bigger and the interest payments are bigger and the mm-hmm. deficit is going up, how do you not do something about it? So then, the well,
1: old- you're using logic. Like, see the problem with you and Tom <laughs> both. The problem is yeah, that you're using I'd, logic I'd like and math. The,
2: yeah, yeah, Andrew's but why very- pay
1: down- Like, look, if you could buy whatever you wanted at your house, okay, and you didn't have to pay it back. So then, why would you pay it back? Yeah. Like, how many yeah. people listening to this are like, "Well, holy shit! If I don't, if I can get a hundred grand, and I don't got to pay it back. Give me the hundred grand. I'll go buy. I was gonna say two cars. You can't buy two cars with hundred grand anymore. No, you know, maybe, maybe, or maybe if you wait a couple of years so till there's in stock, you can get them. But whatever, whatever the thing is, and that's essentially what the government's operating on. They 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 have to do this to. They make promises for every four years to get elected, mm-hmm. and then they got to figure out a way to kind of structure their, their accounting math, net debt is an example like you spoke about, so that it doesn't look so bad, so that they can continue to make these promises. And that's, that's what it's based off of. But the, uh, there's no plans to pay it back.
0: So the only yeah. solution then, and I guess, Andrew, this is how rates will rise. The only solution is to let inflation rip forward This talk from the Bank of Canada, like we have it under control, um, issue a CPI number that nobody believes anymore. But you know, you put it out there. But inflation really is ripping forward at eight to ten percent. And if inflation is ripping forward at eight to ten percent, it's growing the economy artificially just through inflation, and then you can raise rates to six percent because your rates are still underneath the rate of inflation and your debt. Is looking smaller compared to GDP because the debt, if the if the um, if the GDP is growing at ten percent through inflation, your debt to GDP ratio is looking better and better because the 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 GDP. (laughs) You're laughing like this isn't the plan, (laughs) Andrew. This is the
2: plan. You just ruined the world again. I know this is the third (laughs) way. At least Canada. This is the third
0: (laughs) way to ruin it. This is the third way to ruin it. And then you kind of win because you don't have to save, but the debt to GDP looks like a better ratio. Rates go up. Um, which they kind of have to, but because inflation is ripping higher than rates are going up, real rates are still negative. If rates go to 6%, inflation is 10%, real rates negative four. So you're still better off holding hard assets because they're growing at 10%. You're paying 6% on them. I think I better buy Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now you're just trolling. Now Andrew's just, now Andrew's part of the family. That's and by it, hard just, assets, do you mean just,
1: gold just, NFTs? Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, no. The, where this all heads is really interesting because you're right. Like, you're right. You should buy Bitcoin. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's just it's, I I don't. When you hear me say that about like inflation at ten percent, interest rates at six percent, am I explaining that in a way that makes sense to you from like the accounting lens?
2: It makes sense to me. Um, I'm not sure what that would actually look like. <laughs> like what, what,
0: like the, what the economy would yes, look like yeah, in like, that world? But
2: like what, the, what a, a Canadian economy would look like if that's what it actually was.
0: I don't think they could mm-hmm. get away with 10%. Yeah, I'm, to your using, point. I'm using those just for easy, no, easy numbers. I, I know,
1: you, and I get it, but, but, but they can do that. And, and where they can do it, like, I think when you talk to most people and you say, well, you know, there's inflation and the Bank of Canada is like they, they, their target, right, mm-hmm. for a long time. Now they kind of let it run hot, but it was 2%. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, okay, well, 2%. Doesn't seem like a big deal. No problem. But that 2% compounded over every year, it actually makes a big yeah. difference. So they can go and they can let it run at 4 or 5%. And I think the majority of people, and you see people's reactions to numbers more than we do, but majority of people are probably like, ah, oh, yeah, okay, 4 or 5% kind of sucks like that's not great but it's not really the end of the world like it's not a big deal you know 10 percent people would start to really be like hey what the hell's going on here mm-hmm. so but that number four or five percent you compound that not very long just even if you go you know four or five years out that starts to really eat away at things right it, it changes things a lot and i think that's where i think that's what they can get away with though without people really realizing because people don't look at it
0: there. So uh, they're busy.
1: Everyone's busy. Shoot, man. Like everyone's, I and swear to God. It was good. Yeah. Everyone, but everyone's bit like, you're just trying to get your kids to their activities. You're trying to get them to school every morning too. Their parents are going to work or working from home. Everyone's running faster and faster and faster. You, you don't, you don't have time to look at this stuff, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's fair. Cause you're just trying to make ends meet at this point.
0: I think this is the path. Like this is what they're, what is going to be our path. Because if you think about it, just a few years ago, if somebody in Oakville, we would see these mortgages just a few years ago, Nick, and be surprised by them. When there was a five hundred or $600,000 mortgage that would go out the door with some of our mortgage brokers, mm-hmm. that required a special ex- uh, exception um, at the banks. It had to go to another layer layer of approval. That was okay. considered like a jumbo mortgage at the time. Okay, and now, yeah, you're laughing again because that's not like a jumbo mortgage anymore. But that <laughs> anymore, yeah. that might have been on a property in Oakville, let's say at one point two million, and somebody got a five or six hundred thousand dollar mortgage. Now, a few years past, let's say five, six, seven, whatever. That one point two million dollar Oakville home is now worth two point five, and the mortgage on it, even if they didn't pay anything, it's still five hundred thousand. So now the $500,000 mortgage doesn't look big at all because the asset is priced in fiat dollars at, at, at whatever, $2.5 million. Yeah. And I just feel like that's a perfect summary of what they're, what's going to be done with the economy, We're just going to inflate the economy, inflate the economy and try to outpace the growth of debt. Because now, anyone who took on debt for any real estate in the last five or six years, they were all told, told the real estate market is at the peak, don't get any more debt, be careful. But in an environment where inflation is ripping hot, you want debt. When rates are low, you want debt.
2: Yeah, and, and which is, I think, where we are, right? I mean rates have been low for so, like interest rates have been low for so long. I mean, I don't think you're going to find the guy who has a $2.5 million home in Oakville that doesn't have a $1.8 million mortgage on it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Jeez. I mean, I think because interest rates have been, I, I don't even know how long they've been as low as they are. I mean, when when was last time interest rates were
0: 4%? Maybe never. I, I don't know. Not never. But no, we were, <laughs> we were
1: doing mortgages of 5% at one point since we've been doing this. Five and six, I think, because they they went up in the early. Oh, oh sorry, I thought you just decade. meant like
0: when have they been this low? Oh, when they were like four percent. Yeah, yeah, when were
1: they four percent? I don't know. I forget. Yeah, no, I think many this last ago, twelve
0: what? year window we haven't seen them before the previous thirty or forty years. I don't remember on the interest rate charts that are coming to mind them ever being four percent.
1: Oh, other than than recently, in the other than the last so. like yeah. ten yeah. to
0: fifteen years, like I think this. Yeah, is I'm not sure. New.
1: Not that I. I mean, in no time in recent. I mean, the economy had changed so much in the structure of of our economies changed so much that even if they were at that time, it'd be so different, but I, not that I, I can recall because they, they started so high and then they just slowly, I mean, they, and there was you know ups and downs, but the trend line for, for I guess, beyond, before even I was born, it's always been down. No, but I mean, yeah, it's just been yeah. a long-term downward trend,
0: right? When, when you work with Canadians on their taxes, either small businesses, is your business split up between uh, business owners and individuals pretty equal, equally? Do you do, do
2: both? Uh, we'd certainly do both, but um, I would say the majority of our personal tax clients are business owners. So they ha- either have a corporation or they are a sole proprietor. Okay. Um, so we, I would say we have more businesses than we have personal tax clients, but we do have a huge number of personal tax clients that just happen to own the businesses that we also have. Okay. And
1: that's where the investors come in because a lot of the investors you're working with, they have corporations they own the properties in. And that's, yeah, that's okay.
2: right. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's just, it's easier, you know, if you have a corporation or if you have a business, uh, certainly if you have a corporation, when we do sort of your personal and your business, you know, as you guys know, there's there's stuff that comes out of the business. When, when you see both the personal and the corporate side, it's a little bit easier to do planning and know when you want to take stuff out and what it's going to cost you and those kinds of things. So that's why we tend to do for all of the businesses, all the corporations we do, we do their personal. We do have some we, we do have a fair chunk of, of personal returns that we do that we don't also – that that don't also have corporations, but I would say the majority are, are are corporate owners.
1: It is easier because we don't even know what you're doing. And, <laughs> and you explain it to us and you explain it well, but if you ask me five hours later what you explained, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it was perfectly clear five hours ago and I'm like, I don't know, but – Basically, we signed these papers and that's the way it works now.
0: (laughs) When you speak to business owners, is anyone having these discussions or is it just like, hey, everyone like Nick Singh is on the day-to-day fighting the fight and forget it. We're not going to think these thoughts.
2: Uh, I I would say Nick's probably the... most Correct yeah you can uh, say I I'm, have, you
1: can say I'm right, it's okay. Tom knows Nick's it a lot He doesn't Nick's say right. it often, but he knows it
2: <laughs> Nick's definitely right That's I good. secretly I like all, that I, I, that sounds great. I, I
0: secretly and publicly know that I'm right, and I sometimes just give Nick some
2: confidence by saying "Hey, I, you some know confidence I'm, yeah. 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 <laughs> thanks <laughs> <laughs> younger brother thing it's I mean it, it, I would say very, very rarely do people come in and have just sort of that very broad high level it's always sort of the the granular really in-depth what do i do in this instance or what do i do two years down the road very few people are looking at the big the high level Mm -hmm. and the long term
0: i think where i feel like we've benefited from always focusing on the long term Like part of the reason I quit my job was I looked long-term, didn't like where my life was going to be. And I look at my life and always think the long-term has always benefited me and it's why I focus there. But sometimes you can obsess about this kind of stuff, not saying that I don't have slight (laughs) OCD on this kind of stuff, (laughs) Um, but you can obsess on this type of stuff and maybe none of it comes to fruition. Like who knows where we're going? Like we're not living in this reality. It's just, I don't like the path that we're on. And when I see this, I think sometimes it warrants more discussion than most of us are giving it because if you think about this. Stuff, then if I tie it into real estate, I can explain to people, hey, if you think prices are higher now, high now, and but you think rates are going to go up, so you're waiting with dry powder to take advantage of a real estate crash. Well, what if I told you the population is growing at this rip roaring rate, supply is not increasing, interest rates cannot go up no matter what you hear in the media. Where do you think prices are going to be in five or six years? Are they going to be lower, the same, or higher? Yeah, and the current deck of cards that I'm seeing, I think they're going to be higher.
2: Yeah. And I agree. I I think for like all the wrong reasons, higher, (laughs) like that's the weird part. It's like for all the wrong reasons, they're going to be higher. But I just don't see how it can go the other way based on what it looks like now. Now, I mean, things can change quickly. um, But what with what everything looks like right now, how can they not go higher? The same it's the same. How can interest rates go lower? So then or sorry, how can how can interest rates go go higher? higher, yeah. Yeah.
1: So then talk to us about just list this, because if that goes up, then asset owners like you've spoken to sometimes will be people will look, well, these people have to pay a greater share towards the economy. And this is where there was talk before the election. Like I had a, a friend who had sold his business and he sold it for a decent sum of money. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had been he actually went down to Cayman. He had, His parents have a place down there. He went down there looking for um potentially just see what opportunities were there for him because he was concerned about a wealth tax coming into, into Canada. And there was talk about that earlier on. So how, and I know there's no kind of nothing around this and I know that because you haven't kind of dealt with it before, but in in general, that idea, like how, what does that idea look like? It just means that they just say like, well, you have a bunch of money or you have a bunch of assets. So we're just going to tax you this much. Is that what it means? Like, is it not
2: more or less? I mean, right now, most of the tax that you pay is either sales tax or income tax. So based on the income that you make or the revenue that you make um, or what you buy. So that, that's pretty much how government gets its money. Uh, wealth tax is, based, is not based on what you make. It's based on what you have. So what, are your, what's your, what do you hold in assets? So shares of a corporation, um, uh, portfolio investments, Bitcoin, if they can find it. Uh, you know, I like so. That. I like <laughs> that. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. So, so what do you? What do you? Gold, uh, <laughs> silver
1: buried in uh, buried uh, yeah. in Europe somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: I don't know. Yeah. 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 Who has that? I don't know anybody who has that. it so, would be crazy enough so to do
2: that? That's part of the problem with a wealth tax. Is how do you determine what someone's worth? Mm-hmm. Right. So how do you how do you know as the government that that I have reported to you all of the assets that I have so that you that I pay the proper amount of wealth tax. Um, so, so that's the, the, the complication. And I mean, lots of other countries I think have tried, um, some European countries have tried a wealth tax, didn't go well. I think France tried a wealth tax. It didn't go well. Uh, so I can't imagine it's something that would happen in Canada, but, uh, you know, you never know. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's based on your assets instead of your income.
1: Yeah. And then especially with, with the, the way that, you know look there's a lot of it more so in the US for sure like lobbying and stuff like that but it is growing in Canada because i was look reading reading about the the lobbying industry let's call it in Canada and that that it's growing and so it would really impact like the the people that are pushing the politicians and that are funding all the the political or a lot of what's going on in politics it would really impact them in a negative manner which i think makes it even harder to implement that type of stuff i'm not saying it's impossible and I guess there would be exemptions and structures, but, but it's it's no different than, look, pharma is one of the biggest um, lobbyists in the U.S. And that's why it's very hard to push through any laws that are like kind of to try to reduce the power of pharmaceutical right. companies yeah. in the U.S. because of that. And it's, it's the same kind of principles, you know, are, are in play here. And that's that's what kind of freaks me out about it. I'm like, I don't, I don't really see how they could do it. And I'm not saying they're not going to, there's not going to be something, but it would be a tough sell, I think, because... It's Like, what if I, that asset then drops in value because they raise interest rates? They're like, screw it, we're going to raise interest rates. And now I've paid this wealth tax off my home that's $2.5 million and now it's worth $2 million. I'm like, what the hell? What just get, happened here? And yeah. you get it a loss work. of yeah.
0: some sort because if you paid tax on some gain that you were just assessed. I think
1: on that's on a- why, and I think that's where it gets too hard. Like, no one's been able to figure it out to so what you were saying. Mm-hmm. So it gets difficult maybe
2: that way. I'm not sure. Well, and that, I mean, and that's the, I guess, one of the downsides of the wealth tax is. It's at a point in time. So, what are you worth today when we assess you? But tomorrow, that might Could be. Could be so different. Right. So, I mean, look at somebody who has significant investments in public companies or something like that. There, and I mean, again, I don't know how, what, what criteria or what, what things would go into the basket of a wealth tax. But if something like that did, you know, you pay based on your wealth today and then something happens to your company tomorrow and you lose 50% of, your, of the value of that company. And that's a good chunk of your wealth. Now, all of a sudden, the next day, you're not worth what you were yesterday that you paid the wealth tax on.
1: Yeah, like if you have a restaurant and the government orders you to close for a year, your restaurant's no longer worth the same amount of value. That's right. Like I be, mean, you always just pissed that they ordered you to close, now they've dropped the value of it. Like you've just paid tax on it the day before the you to close, so.
2: And I mean, the, the same thing can happen with, with income tax. So in a year, you earn a million dollars, but you take that million dollars and you invest in real estate, and then the real estate market crashes, and now you're you still have to pay income tax on your million dollars, but you don't actually have it because you invested it and lost it. So it can happen in income tax as well. But it's, I mean, wealth I, tax is a, so. Is okay. very, very I never different.
1: thought
0: about that actually. So then, how would you? What is the most advantageous ways to structure somebody's life, assuming you have some income not coming solely from an employer? Is you know, is is it, what like what? I guess what I'm asking. Is it in everyone's best interest to try to run some sole proprietorship? Do you get tax advantages there? What are, what are some of the structures that we have in Canada? There's sole proprietorship, then there's like a
2: corporation. Yeah, so I mean, you you've got you've got employee, okay, uh, sole proprietor, sole proprietor being I'm in business for myself, but I'm not incorporated. So essentially, I'm, I run my own business, but I report it under my own name, and you're taxed on it at the personal based on, tax? on your personal marginal tax rates. Okay. Uh, and, so, and a
0: lot of people do that run sole proprietorships um,
2: I would say less people today than did in the past and some of that has to do with corporate tax rates and, and personal tax rates um, I would I would say that you know if you are a sole proprietor most sole proprietors that make either make a lot or have a lot of risk or um, just want to sort of plan you're not going to be a sole proprietor So So providers tend to be relatively small um, or or, uh, individuals that want all of their, they spend what they make. So if we add a corporation into the mix... Yeah.
0: There's no benefit. It's just overhead cost.
2: That's so right. So don't incorporate
0: because you're spending everything you're bringing in. Absolutely. And maybe you don't have a lot of liability in what you do, so you can get some basic business insurance and you're, you you're kind of have liability you're, you're, coverage you're for safe. what you need. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then if you go past the sole
2: proprietorship,
0: the next thing logically to do is to just
2: incorporate? Uh, I mean, you could have a partnership. Uh, So you could be in partnership with somebody else, which again, we, a lot of partnerships have all the partners are corporations. So, um, generally kind of leave partnership out, but yes, you're going to go into a corporation tax rates are better, but a lot of that goes back to where do you want your money, right? So if, if, if you make $200,000 and you spend $200,000, corporation's not going to provide you with any value because the biggest value of a corporation is deferral. I make $100,000, I pay 12% tax. If I if I leave my eighty eight thousand dollars in the corporation and reinvest it in the business or reinvest it in assets, I'm investing eighty eight thousand dollars. If I take it out, I'm gonna pay personal tax on that and then reinvest whatever the after tax dollars of that are. Okay, but,
1: but isn't there? And this is maybe more of a legal question because I don't understand why you would ever not want a corporation, even if you're spending all the money, just from the liability perspective of it, as well. So like I, I understand the sole proprietorship, but but because the tax, even if you if my understanding of it, because it's called something that you've told me a hundred times and I forget, but basically, if you make money in the corporation, you pay the less corporate tax. But if you once you take it out personally, you pay less personal tax on it because you've paid tax in the corporation and there's some dividend yep. thing credit to the capital account, or I don't know, no use that wrong part words. was made up, but. okay. <laughs> but I just know capital accounts something, but anyways, there's something like that, so yep. you pay roughly pretty much the, the the same tax,
2: right? The integration, so they call it integration in Ontario, the integration between corporate tax and personal tax is very, very good, Okay. Which is bad for us. Because essentially it means that if I earned $100,000, and let's just for argument's sake say I paid 30% personal tax. If I earn that $100,000 in the corporation, I'm gonna pay, and then I, so, so I pay my 12% in the corporation, and then I withdraw the 88,000 as a dividend, I'm gonna pay 12% in the corporation, I'm gonna pay 18% personally. But so still, paid thirty percent on the income combined. Yeah,
1: so it works all the same way. So then, with that, other than there's some additional fees to set up the corp, and then for to service the corp, meaning the accounting yep. and the bank fees are slightly higher with the corp and stuff like that, you know. But outside of that, to me, that you still it's the same tax rate. But then you get the benefit if one day in the future you end up making more. You have some savings there that you get that, and you get the liability aspect. Like I just, I guess, I don't understand. Maybe if it's a small little side business for someone where they're just doing a few things, you know, I, I guess you don't want to carry those expenses or go through that trouble. But outside of that, if it's any even small, like small, like medium, small, even you know, like not even a medium sized business, but kind of even, you know, on the high end of small, maybe why you wouldn't have a corporation. It just seems like smart to do I, it right and away.
2: I, and I, I agree with you. I, I think that's a, a very good way to look at it. But I think people get caught up in the cost of incorporation okay. and then the, the annual filing fee. So they don't see the, they're not looking at it from sort of the risk side. They're not looking at it from the opportunity, the future opportunity side. If that business starts to grow really quickly, I don't have to sort of scramble to then um, to incorporate and everything else. All they see is, well, okay, I've got to spend whatever, $1,500, 2000 to incorporate. And I've got to spend 1000 or $1,500 a year to file attack, yeah. I could just do it myself and I save myself $1500 in the first year and $1500 every year that's the way people look at it okay at least yeah, at least the, a lot of the they the take liability that I talk they take about. liability out of it they take li- and I mean some people even in the real estate world will take liability completely out of it and and say you know what I'm okay holding 20 properties in a single corporation cuz I know or I feel I have enough insurance that I'm not worried about liability where I mean, me personally, I would never do that. I would have, you know, three or four or five corporations to hold that many properties because it's, it separates out the assets.
0: Well, even for you- selling your assets or carving them up, it might be nicer to have them in separate corps. Uh,
2: if you're not going to sell the corporation, it wouldn't matter too too much because you're still you're just going to sell the individual assets. We wouldn't normally okay. sell the shares of a corporation with real estate in it. It happens, but it's rare.
1: From a liability standpoint in business or real estate, so if someone's got things in their personal name, let's say it's a business, let's say it's real estate, whatever, there's a lawsuit filed. In Canada, my, I believe your RRSPs could be, they could access those as, de- like, you know, if you, you lose the lawsuit, you owe 100 grand, you have no money in your bank account, but you have 100 grand in RRSPs. Can, can they have force you to sell those to pay those out? Is I, that-
2: I don't know. I no. don't know oh, that's, a, that. that's yeah. a legal thing okay. uh, we'd have to ask a lawyer
0: that yeah what about if you have a property inside a corporation just one property inside one you know inside a corporation and you choose to sell that property for some reason is there an advantage that it's in a corp and it's just one property because you can then sell the property itself or you can sell the shares of the corp um because then the acquisition is has two ways you can acquire i can sell the corporation that happens to own the real estate or i can sell the real estate itself or no that's uh, all just you, like a wash
2: you can do that so you and if the property was in a corporation you could sell the corporation or you could sell or the corporation could sell the assets so we've got sort of an inside outside thing outside i sell the shares of the corporation because it's my corporation inside the corporation sells the asset because it owns it with real estate there's not necessarily a benefit to selling the shares of the corporation So with certain corporations, we might be eligible for the capital gains exemption. So if we sell the shares of a corporation and they meet a bunch of criteria, we might be eligible to get to take advantage of the capital gains exemption and not pay tax on a certain amount of that sale. Real estate in a corporation is not eligible for that exemption. So selling the shares of a corporation that holds real estate, as I said, it doesn't happen very often. A lot of times where we would see it is with really old properties. So... With a lot of times with a corporation, when I buy shares in a corporation, I spend whatever a dollar, a hundred dollars to buy the shares of that corporation. So my outside cost is a hundred dollars. If the corporation then goes out and buys a property and spends $300,000 to buy the property inside, I have a $300,000 cost, but my cost in the corporation is still only a hundred dollars. So if I sell my, so if the, if we take an example of the building's worth 500,000 when it's sold. If I sell the shares, I've got a $500,000 gain, my cost is only 100 bucks. So I've got a $499,900 capital gain. If the corporation sells the asset, it gets $500,000, it's got a cost base of 300, it only has a $200,000 capital gain. Got it. But you so where we might always see, need a
0: good accountant in your life. That's where, where my conclusion.
2: <laughs> where we might see the share of the, the sale of the of the shares would be if the property's really old and it's been fully depreciated. So we bought it for 300, or we bought it for 300, over 30 years we depreciated it down to almost nothing. So if I sell the asset, I essentially have no cost base in it, in the, inside the corporation and outside the outside, corporation. Or outside, so it's the same. And if I sell the asset, or if I sell the shares of the corporation, the buyer doesn't have to pay, to pay land transfer tax.
0: Oh, got it. Okay. Oh, okay. Because they're buying the corporation, yeah, it already owns the it.
2: asset. So, a lot of times you'll see that in really, you know, we've got a $5 million sale or a $5 million building because the land transfer tax on that is going to be huge. And so they avoid the land transfer tax. You can get a little bit more on the sale. Oh, God. But it. Does, it, okay. does
1: that still work? Because you can depreciate the, the, the cost of the building, but then there's still the cost of the land. So you can't actually appreciate the whole the value. The whole thing.
2: So, so the, you're, you're absolutely right. So there is some value in the land. We try to, with, certainly with smaller real estate, we try to, as much as possible, push all of the value into the building. You can't do all of it necessarily. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the value of the land might not be that significant, Okay. depending, okay, depending so on the size sense. of the building.
1: I almost stopped listening after you said you're absolutely right. I just want to point that out to Tom again. That's probably the third time. That was a while ago. This, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> but I know. You have to
0: realize that if you've said something that's right, I already knew that. So if he's saying you're right, I'm right too. That's how that extends. I'm That's, your older, nice. I'm that's, your that's, pretty, that's pretty good. Yeah, I'm your older brother. Like If, if he's you're right, I already knew Yeah, I that. already knew. So it doesn't matter. I mean, how's that, that? By you being right doesn't mean I'm wrong. It means that I likely told you what you just said. <laughs> That's how that works. Jeez, I have uh, to explain everything. I'm glad he's here
1: to bear witness to this. It's,
0: it's logical to me. Um, now we're told. Totally <laughs> I, <don't on. laughs> I don't have any brothers, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, You're really he's missing just, out. You can I, see. You I want see, one? See, you see, want one? <laughs> There's one here. <laughs> um, so, uh, okay, uh, that's the corporate structures, basically. And something else that just came to mind is I, I always get asked, or I think people don't know this, and, and they're shocked when they hear it the small business tax rate right now. Is it 12.5? twelve point two? Twelve point two. percent. So on the on the first five hundred thousand dollars of net income.
2: So if, yes, the first five hundred thousand dollars of, of profit or net income, you pay twelve point two percent, assuming that you're an active business. Yeah, so and this is where. What's I, the
0: definition again of that?
2: Uh, so the the definition of active business is essentially it's not this this or this other thing. That's, the, that, that's, the, way the, that's the way the Tax Act actually defines active business. With is the that words it, that you just said? That it's not a specified investment business or it's not a personal services business. Then, so essentially, if you're not a specified investment business and you're not a personal services business, you're an active business. What's a personal services business? It's when you incorporate yourself. So oh. I'm, I'm, and you can get into trouble when you do that. <laughs> I'm a corporation. Uh, essentially, I work, you know, I work for Oracle and then I... Decide. You know what? I can make. I can pay better tax if I incorporate myself and oh. I go to Oracle and I and I convince them to Got let it. me be a, a contractor.
0: But I have no other. I have no other. No clients. other clients. No
2: other nothing. I just work for them, but I do it through a corporation. Generally, you're going to be deemed a personal service business. Okay. And the other example, and was that there? tax
1: rate of the personal services business would be then
2: the the um, basically the highest marginal t- personal rate. Highest marginal personal yeah, rate. Yeah. Okay. And sorry, the other example was? Is specified investment business, which essentially is what a corporation that owns real estate is. Got it. And that's
0: why real estate income within a corporation is considered passive business income and
2: is taxed very differently. Right. And okay. that's why, because essentially it falls under the specified investment business. So it's not an active business because it fits one of the other criteria. And, um, okay. So now so, we're, we're out of that active business, that small business rate. Got it.
1: And with this marginal tax rate, just so, uh, cause a lot of people don't get, get this cause we get this question a lot. So if someone makes a hundred thousand dollars,
2: we're talking personally, personal, okay.
1: personal income, um, how much tax do they, and I know there's other variables, but I say let's, let's generalize. There's no other income so going on. It's a very plain vanilla type thing. hundred grand in and ta- in income. How much would they pay? That's a tough a- tax. question. Uh, on the, why is it tough? Because he has to figure out an average.
2: That's right. And so that's the hey, problem with... Oh,
0: time out. <laughs> time out. Hey, whoa,
2: whoa. One did, three you today. did you just hear
1: but, what he just said? Yeah, we're just, we're, that was the first time on this on this. Because the other stuff, I knew I so was right. We're three, I didn't have to say We're 3-1. We're 3-1.
0: No, I'm 4-3 because all it's yours, like Le- I was you right. You know, it's like
1: a Leafs game. You're losing, you're down by all two, you score one other in the times third. times
0: you said he was right. I knew that information already, so those are three for me as well. Now it's 4-3. <laughs> So, that's but, good, but we're just,
2: but
1: we're dealing with a very generic number. So I thought you might know yeah. the rate so based on a generic and now number. now you're
2: attacking him. So now it's uh, essentially because... Yeah, now
1: of, I'm like, you should, you should really know this.
2: With, with 100,000, you've actually gone through the first and second tax bracket in, and are just into the third. So we've actually got between those, between the first and second and just into the third, there's actually five different tax rates that okay, you've got. Okay, forget that. For
1: what's, what's just into the third? What do we lower it to so it's the first and second?
2: Uh, if, you, if you're if you under, I think it's about 92 or 93. Okay, so if we make
1: nine, let's say we make, 90, we're make right, we right at that level, then do is it make the math easier And what it would not be? Not really. But, oh. Um, <laughs> Tom knew that, by the way. <laughs> I did.
0: No, I did because there's brackets. So he's got there to figure are. out the
2: average on each of I understand, of the but I thought so maybe. Ballpark, you're probably looking with without considering sort of anything else you're probably around $20,000. See, I, I don't, don't get
0: it. doesn't seem too bad. Yeah, so, so I don't get it. So on 92000 that's like 20-something percent? On average,
2: because again, because... That's your average, but it's kind of... The marginal rates, which are for each additional dollar. So once I, if I have $100,000, I'm into the third tax bracket, but I only pay the third tax bracket rate on, on the, the $1 incremental over. dollar... In the third tax, and what
0: bracket. are the what are the tax brackets right now? Do you know them offhand? Like what I, I don't know them. Offhand, no, but
2: they're so the and they change each year. So the 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 high end of each bracket moves on an annual basis. So for 2021 tax year, the the top of the first tax bracket was let's say it's 45. In 2022, it'll be 45 five or 46. Got it. And so they move each year. And the provincial and the federal don't line up. So we have from zero to say 42, which is the provincial, and then zero to 45, which is the so, federal. But so it's
0: really hard to find your average tax rate. Like it's really in hard. In my head, yes. Yeah. But yeah. with the
2: program that we use, It'll it will me out what it is. What the
0: average tax rate is. <laughs> right. And do you see a very common number coming out of that for most Canadians? Just in, in, ooh, That's a good question. I'll take that as a, you're right, right there. <laughs> I knew you were going to five three. That's I, five, see, three. I knew you were gonna I, take that I, like that
1: before that, you even reacted.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, th- I'll give you a point. Five four. I've five, never four. I've
2: never thought about that.
0: Um no, it doesn't really matter. I was just wondering thought, if, that, if, yeah, you know if you just always
2: saw like, oh look, I'm always seeing thirty six or something like that. No, I wouldn't be I would say you're gonna be in a range and it's gonna depend, but I would say most people end 29. up falling between like twenty five and thirty yeah. on average.
1: But it never feels like that.
2: It never... Because oh, you get EI,
1: EI comes off the check, CPP comes off the check. Well, so
2: there's- yeah. So if you're talking an employee and that's why it's it's not as clear cut. So if you have a $100,000 T4...
1: Oh, sorry. That's what I was talking there's about.
2: There's a whole pile of other stuff that comes into play there, right? Because you've got EI, CPP. Yeah. You're going to have... you know, The basic tax credit is going to come off. You're going to have an employment tax credit that's going to come off. There's a bunch of other stuff that comes into play when you're a T4 employee.
1: Okay. So, and that's what I was thinking because it always seems like you're getting about half your paycheck, not quite half, but you're, maybe it's 60%. And I or forget so.
0: how Oracle was doing its payroll, but I, re- I remember my biggest commission check ever. Like I just killed it at the end of this Q4. And I think it was a $32,000 check. And I remember looking at this thing and I think I got 16,000. And I, uh, somebody in their payroll department there or something told me that, well, the way their accounting software works, they extrapolated this out to assume I was going to make this that, like on an annual year, yeah. basis. This was my now current run rate of income and that that's how much tax I would have to be paying. And that I think I then at the end of the year when I did my taxes, I could kind of try to fix that a yeah, little you, bit.
2: Because they've already taken the tax. So essentially when you, with a T4... The your employer keeps the tax; they send it to CRA on your behalf. When you file your return, if you don't end up owing that, you basically just you get, get it, it back. back. But so, I just remember
0: feeling robbed
2: because uh, I remember thinking, yeah. "Oh
0: my gosh, I'm going to get like this big," and that was
2: a lot of money even after tax. That was still a lot.
0: That is still at today. One point, yeah, yeah. That's still a lot of money. But I just <laughs> thought at that time I was like, "Oh, I just felt so robbed." Yeah. But
2: certainly, I mean, <laughs> if you get you know, so somebody who has a million dollar T four, the the withholding tax on that T four would be half a million. Give or take.
1: Yeah, so I tell people sometimes when they're looking at potentially leaving their business, their job, their job, and and starting a business, and I'm like, yeah, you don't actually have to make. You know, if you're making a hundred, and I just use a round number. If you're making a hundred thousand dollars now, you don't have to make a hundred thousand dollars in your business to take home the same amount. So in this example that we said, you know, it was ninety thousand. They're going to pay roughly twenty thousand, but in if they're if so that. The numbers you were using off your head, and it you know it wasn't it wasn't exact. That was more if it was a, a personal business income, like the, a corporation that they were.
2: No, earning? that that would be based. That would be a T four. If you're if you were like a sole proprietor, it's actually is more because but some of that is CPP. Okay. With an employee, you've already paid your CPP.
1: So, but so then, have I been lying to people? Have like have I been mistaken that you don't initially really need to make as much money? If nope. you have, it, if you incorporate, you shouldn't have to make as much money to take home the same amount of money. And I mean, if nope. you're leaving some in the corp, right?
2: That's correct. Yeah. Yep. Okay. No, you're accurate. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, because I mean, at the end of the day, does that count of, for a point? Sure. All right. We'll give you one. Five. Five. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> because so if in the corp, it's still even if you don't take it out, it's still your money. Yeah. And you essentially because you can pay less tax on it, you can take out only what you need, and overall for that particular year have paid less tax and keep more of your money. And then each year you do that, like anything else, like interest rates, it's compounding. So you're ending up with more and more, um, but it really depends on sort of what you want. Because if you wanna to contribute to CPP or something like that, then if you wanna do that yourself, then you have to structure your situation so that you can continue to contribute to CPP. Because if you're not a sole proprietor, if you're in a corporation and you're only taking dividends, you won't be contributing to CPP. You won't be building RSP room, if if you care. Some people don't. Some people say, you know what, I don't believe in CPP. I don't think it's going to really get me anything, so I don't care if I contribute to CPP. Mm-hmm. Others, I mean, will take CPP or want to contribute to CPP more than anything. I had a client uh, several years ago who wanted to take some of their money was saying you know I'll take my money and I'll throw it in the river just so I can keep my OAS cuz they were into OAS clawback they would rather throw their other money away what is away. OAS so OAS is so when you get to 65 uh, it's just another pension okay so there's there's CP- so when you get to 60 or between 60 and 70 you can start to draw from CPP and OAS but 65 for OAS old age security old age security so essentially it's just every canadian gets a specific amount but if your other income is over a certain dollar amount, then you have then essentially you have to pay back the OAS that you got. Got it. So they were willing to just throw their money away. They were, they were away. willing to just throw their money away so they could, they could get the OAS because it was government money. Just really bizarre sometimes the way people look at I various can see things. It. But on the business to, to Nick's point about the
0: value of having a business and it's even um having a, a, a side business that maybe can be an advantage because the expenses that you can deduct off the revenue are almost like investments back into yourself and your own business. Because if you're buying computers for the business, those things are going to compound and benefit you, but it's an expensive uh, expense off the income that the business is generating. But you're left with these assets that are working for you that are an expense off the revenues that you're not paying tax on correct? Because it's deducting, a, it's coming off per- your profit. To a percentage,
2: right? So, so where am I looking still, at that incorrectly? It's, it's, not inc- it's not that you're looking at it incorrectly. It's just, you're, so you're investing in your own business and hopefully that's growing your business and allowing yeah. you to make more and more money. Yes, But from the perspective of, if I make $100,000 and I deduct 30, I'm going to pay tax on 70. Mm-hmm. But those deductions, because I'm, if we look at this as a small business, on that 70, I'm paying 12%. So I spent 30 to get a deduction at 12%. percent mm-hmm. So yes, I have the asset potentially, but it's I'd still out $30,000 cuz I spent it. That only saved me 12%. So it's not got like it. I saved mm. every dollar that I spent.
0: Yeah, got it. Mm. Got it. Because I could have cuz you're thinking I could have had those dollars in my pocket That's right. at a cost of 12.2%.
2: That's right. So if I spent nothing, and I made 100000 mm-hmm. dollars I still pay 12%. So I have 88 in my pocket mm-hmm. after I'm done. If I spend 30 and I pay tax on 70, now I have what? 60 something mm-hmm. in my pocket? Yeah. 62, 61 in my pocket. Got it. Got it. I'm still better off if I don't
0: spend the mm-hmm. 30. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm just putting the value on building a corp or a business or an asset That's instead right. of yeah. the value of money in my. Dollars in my pocket. That's right. But I see where you're coming from. It's, if, it's, it's, if the value is placed on dollars in my pocket, it makes sense. But if, if I'm saying, "Hey, no, I'm really going to build an build asset here," yes. Yes. then I want to keep
2: it. Yeah. Right. So if so I'm much spending, of life is just about where you place your values. You know. Absolutely. But if I'm spending, if I'm spending advertising dollars, if I'm spending marketing dollars to build my business so that it's it's bigger next year and bigger the following year, absolutely, that's well spent. Even though I might only be getting 12, sure. but. You know, I have conversations with people that are, you know, I'm going to spend this so that I pay less tax. Yeah, okay. I see your sense. point better now. I
0: don't think I understood <laughs> that very well before. I see your point because if you're just spending, what's the point of spending? I think I'm clearer on that. I don't think I was clear on that before. <laughs> yeah, that could be a strike against me, Nick. A rare strike against me. <laughs> I, oh, I don't think you're clear on a lot. Oh, okay, I mean, I don't just, think <laughs> you know what? All, yeah. If anyone's just listening to us for the first time, I agree. I don't know if I'm clear on very much, but we're trying. Um, yeah. Interesting. Okay. I think the biggest thing that we found in value in working with you over the years is that I've never felt just more confident in having a, someone like yourself to manage all this, where we can just focus on, yeah, we do want to build a business. And let's try and do this. And all the complicated tax things and depreciating different things from real estate to write-offs for a business and what's an expense and what's not. We can kind of just push it over to you and you handle it. There's a comfort and a a peace of mind that comes from that, that, knowing that you have our back. And knowing that if CRA was going to send us a letter for something, which they have in the past, and we've been audited in the past, that we can just kind of lean on you to manage that. So it's been a really helpful to us seriously I, I mean that sincerely Thank like it's you. really been beneficial having that and you've done our personal taxes and our business taxes I don't know I've just felt a, a, a really you know a, 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 yeah. a, a sense you know what comes to mind is I remember some old Italian guy once told me he said you know what in life you want a good accountant and you want a good lawyer and you want your good accountant you want your good account to be straight you want your good accountant with CRA you want him to do everything by the book but your lawyer you know you want. A, and he kind of made a little <laughs> noise like a little <laughs> and he kind of <laughs> twisted his hand. And it never, it's always stuck with me. I'm always like, the lawyers, yeah. you but know? I, but I think that's,
2: I think there's value in having a good team, right? And I think, you know, I think yeah. the Rockstar members also find that value. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Being part of this group and having the having access to the, to the resources that you guys provide and, and the, you know, the realtors and the everything else. There's so much value in that. And I think it it all goes back to, having access to whether it be a lawyer or an investment or a realtor or a broker or you know whatever that is you have to surround yourself with with a good team yeah. that you trust and you can depend on and
1: it I- does help when when they know each other too you know mm-hmm. if you if you work with different people and, and, and the, the professionals you work with and what you, the team that you're talking about if they not even that they have to know what each other's doing but just they kind of or know even what, agree with what each no, other's doing <laughs> but they know how they think and they're like, oh, okay if they, they were saying that this is probably what they meant versus like I have no idea what the heck they, yeah. they were talking yeah. about there yeah. you know it just kind of it makes things more fluid. like it's not a necessity but it's it's once you have it, you realize that not having it can be a little bit of a pain because it's just it, it just makes things smoother and it's not as choppy when you go through the process of anything.
2: Absolutely. And, and I mean, if you look at, you know, so if, if I know the lawyer and I know the investment person and I know, you know, that kind of thing, um, it makes doing what we do a lot easier. Because obviously, you know, if, if you go and you talk with your investment advisor and they tell you a bunch of stuff. And then you come back and you tell me. Yeah, the and way then,
1: we're going to explain it's like, it's going to be, you have yeah. no idea what yeah. we're talking
0: about. I'm going to take a photocopy of the scribbled piece of paper <laughs> yeah. and get someone to meet with Andrew and say, I want to buy real estate because of this, and yeah. show yeah. him yeah. this scribbled piece of paper. And so,
2: And so sometimes being able to sort of cut out the actual client <laughs> <laughs> is sometimes really, it allows sort of a higher or a, a deeper level. <laughs> yeah, I can see that now. I get it. That yeah. that So having a, a good team and, and to Nick's point, having a team that sort of knows each other is, is actually, a, it does help a lot in To me, it'd be like things. if
0: you're going to be a prof- high-level
2: professional athlete, you're going to have your
0: chiropractor, your physiotherapist, your defensive yeah. coach, your offensive coach, your they, nutri- nutri- nutritionist. Yeah. And um, in your life, you want all those coaches around you. Like you want the legal one, you want the accounting one, you want the investment yeah. one, all around you, kind of serving. But your you interests.
1: want the chiron, the athletic therapist, and the you know the nutritionist, and all those people all speaking to each other for like, here's what we're gonna do for yeah, recovery yeah. for the yeah, athlete. The overall stuff, plan is so, gonna be better. Uh, yeah. Of
0: course, yeah, for yeah, sure. And it's why sometimes I get frustrated when people price shop different professionals because yeah. even if they're not using our network of professionals, and I'm not trying to make this an advertisement for any of ours or Andrew, even for yourself, for sure. I'm just saying you want one. Yeah. So you want your professionals to make money off of you I mean this sincerely because if your professionals are making money from you they're likely going to take your phone call when you need the phone call and they're likely going to go the extra mile on a Friday night when you need some information sure. and I feel like when Nick and I were starting in real estate sometimes we got ourselves into situations where we didn't have an information advantage on the situation and we were presented with something from maybe a tenant or a contractor and we were feeling threatened and the only reason we were feeling threatened in our 20s then, then is we didn't have an information advantage on the situation. Whereas now, if it's a tax thing, we can call you mm-hmm. and get an information advantage and then respond appropriately. Or if it's a legal issue, we have a, multiple lawyers we can call right. and get the information. And it just gives you that kind of peace of mind that I, I really value. So For sure. Yeah, weird. I don't know how we got all into all that <laughs> that kind of stuff. We I started
1: just, at your 1% raise in interest rates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. And, and we ended with that. Well,
0: well there's going to be something that's going forward that I I'm, I'm kind of mesmerized by because right now I feel like if you go to a bank machine there's still a checking and a savings button. And I feel like there should just be two buttons, a checking and a picture of a house because no one's using the savings button to <laughs> say everyone's using real estate in this country and real estate's benefiting from a monetization effect of the economy because people are like, wow, my savings aren't getting ahead. I'm gonna plow some into the stock market and I'm gonna plow some into real estate, some into Bitcoin, but real estate's looking like it's benefiting from some of this economic environment. I'm fascinated to see what happens over the next 10 years if it continues or does it just go back to the utility value of the real estate is really dictating its value, meaning here's the income on a piece of residential real estate, here's the expenses, and it's valued kind of off of that. It's not getting this benefit, which it has so far, of just appreciating just because of what's happening in the world yeah and do we go back to the utility value of the asset dictating its actual worth or net worth to your portfolio can right? you
1: imagine you had a savings account and you actually got interest payments that were like <laughs> yeah. point zero, like like one cent yeah. you, you yeah, know yeah, or like yeah. one cent every yeah. two months like, you know, the it's high, been a while the, for that. yeah, like <laughs> it's great. Could you imagine that? Like you used to be able to, you had a savings account cause you would put there, put the money there and it would actually earn money in the savings account. Yeah. You know, and I know in theory that's still what happens, but the reality is with where late rates are that is not, is actually losing value, yeah. you know, faster than it's any gaining any interest. Yeah.
2: So you've got to find something. Yeah. That's why that everyone you can earn more on. And mm-hmm. everyone
1: rushes into anything basically.
2: Yeah.
0: Cool. Andrew, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. We always enjoy talking with you and for sure. uh, getting your input, even if we don't allow you to speak while you're here and we just keep talking to ourselves. We totally value it. Awesome. Thank you very final, much.
1: Final score was 6-5 for me, I think, if that's what I remember. Me, yeah, I took game that game strike. That. I <laughs>
0: took that strike at the end. See how yeah. humble I am. I, I, don't know. I, just add,
1: I just added one to my total. I think but on yeah. yeah. purpose. No, so no, you good. can have the, you can have the win.
0: <laughs> you can have the win. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate right. it. Andrew. Thanks, and we, before we wrap up, if anyone wants to reach out to Andrew topping, the website to reach him is Legoe associates. We'll have it in the show notes here, but Lagoey is L U G O W Y associates.com. L U G O W Y associates.com. Legoe. Associates, and it'll be in the show notes of this episode at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash podcast. If you find Andrew Topping's episode in the show notes, we will have that URL there. You can reach out to your office with the contact information on that site. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate this. Thanks. Hey, everyone. Hopefully, you enjoyed that chat with Andrew Topping. You can get through to his office at LegoeAssociates.com. It'll also be in the show notes for this particular episode, but it's LegoeAssociates.com. And if you are listening to this and you want to dive into some of this data, we put some visuals together on our latest Rockstar Minutes video on the YouTube channel. You can get to that YouTube channel by going to YouTube.com forward slash Rockstar Inner Circle. That's YouTube.com forward slash Rockstar Inner Circle. That's it for this episode. Until next time, your life, your terms.